0: G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. It's great to have you with us. Happy New Year. This week's sermon is entitled Jesus and His Mates, Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. And it focuses on the journey of the Magi in Matthew chapter 2. We hope you enjoy the sermon.
1: The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St Matthew chapter 2 beginning at the first verse. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. And as it is rather long uh, verse to reading, would you like to be seated? After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route.
0: Well friends uh, good preachers will always um, well often like to finish off a good sermon with a poem Uh, but I'm not a very good preacher so I'm going to start with a poem today. Can we go to the next slide Tom? Yeah, we're starting a series called Jesus and His Mates. And it's all about um, Jesus and friendship. And I'm going to read to you now T.S. Eliot's The Journey of the Magi, which is all about this story that Ken just read about. But it also illustrates the friendship um, and the journey that these friends... We don't know how many there were. Tradition tradition seems to say that there were three, um, but we don't know, Matthew doesn't tell us. But um, T.S. Eliot's poem, I think, really puts it into perspective. It goes like this. A cold coming we had of it, just the worst time of the year, for a journey and such a long journey, the ways deep and the weather sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted. The summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling, and running away, and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out, and the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly, and the villages dirty and charging high prices, a hard time we had of it. At the end, we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches with voices singing in our ears, saying that this was all folly. Then at dawn, we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation, with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, six hands at an open door dicing for pieces of silver, and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information. And so we continued, and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon, finding the place it was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was a long time ago. I remember, and I would do it again, but set down, this set down, this. Were we all led all that way for birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence, and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here, in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. T.S. Eliot's poem immerses us in the story of the Magi, Jesus' friends from the East, East from Matthew 2. It imagines their struggles together as friends and how meeting with Jesus left them blessed. Today, as we kick off our Jesus and his mates series, I want to talk about friendship, and so today we're going to look at how friends are forged, and how friends blessed. So first, let's look at how friends are forged. One of the things I like about T. S. Eliot's poem is that it puts us in the shoes of the Magi. In Matthew two verse one, we read, "After Jesus was born in Judea during the time of King Herod." Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, Matthew says very little about the journey, who these men were or what star they followed. In past years, I've gone into detail into these questions uh, and you can listen to those sermons on on our website. Uh, But to get you up to speed, I'll give you a summary. Uh, Firstly, the Magi came from the east. We don't know where in particular, Uh, maybe Parthia, Babylon, or there is a tradition saying that they came from India. But what's clear is they travelled for many months, possibly even a year, to find the newborn king. Secondly, the Magi weren't kings, but they were wise men, men who studied the stars for scientific and spiritual reasons. It's highly likely that um, they had read the writings of the prophet Daniel, a Jew who lived in the east in Babylon years before and who prophesied about the coming of a son of man who would save the world, a king of the Jews who would be much more than a regular king. Finally, what exactly they saw in the sky is also a matter of debate. And if you want, you can go and watch videos online. There's YouTubes. There's all sorts of things, all sorts of speculation. Uh, some people think the star of Bethlehem, uh, which, which is the symbol that we put on top of our Christmas trees, um, was a supernova, um, a dying star. Um, some people think it was a comet. Uh, some people think it was the alignment of Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. Matthew doesn't tell us. But what matters in this section of scripture is that these foreigners arrive in Jerusalem, God's royal city, searching for the king of the Jews. Matthew tells us uh, that this didn't go down well with the guy who thought he was king of the Jews, Herod. In Matthew 2 3, we read, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. Herod is worried for himself, and the whole city is worried about Herod, because he had the tendency to get rid of anyone who threatened him. So Herod gets his own wise guys together, the own um, wise um, teachers of the scriptures and teachers of the law in Jerusalem together, and he asks them where the king of the Jews is supposed to be born. The chief priests and the teachers of the law don't even bat an eyelid. They know exactly where the king is meant to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they say. The wise people of Jerusalem know exactly where the true king is meant to come. And they quote Micah chapter 5. They also know the prophecy of Balaam back in Numbers 24 I see him, but not now. Behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. They also knew Isaiah 60, um, which, um, which Bob just read. Uh, and it says this, herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense, proclaiming the praise of the Lord. You see, the people of Israel were a very unified people, and uh, they didn't like foreigners. It was very hard to become a Jew. But they had these prophecies about one day when their God wouldn't just bless them as a people of Israel, but would bless the whole world. And all these prophecies are lining up. The night skies are heralding the birth of Jesus, and the people who should be seeking the new king are too afraid or too apathetic to go do you see how crazy this is the saviour God has promised has touched down and God has put a big neon sign in the sky signs in the scriptures and now through these travellers God is screaming out to the people of Jerusalem I have come into your world but they don't go Very few people in Jerusalem care. Friends, we need to be shocked by this, but we also need to recognize that we do the same thing all the time. Every day, God is ready to meet with us and be our friends. But so many people in Dolby don't know or don't care that God wants to meet with them. And what about us? Sure, we might come to church and do churchy things, but are we committing to seek Jesus out in our lives and forge a friendship with him? The wise men traveled for a whole year to meet with Jesus. Are we ready to forge a relationship? with our God. It's amazing how the Magi are friends of science. They study the stars and believe that a rational God created the universe. So for them, it's perfectly natural that God is using the stars to point to his Saviour. Notice that although the magi are friends of science they also recognize that science has its limits we all have limits of what we can explain and the magi end up asking for directions now um if you're a man (laughs) you might know how hard it is to ask for directions Uh, i remember going on holiday to new zealand with zoe uh, back when we were dating we weren't even married yet and, um, and we, we rented a car and I was sure that there was this beach um, that we could go to and I, I kept driving and I just refused to ask f- for directions <laughs> and so for hours we drove and Zoe got angrier and angrier and finally we pulled over to a supermarket and asked for directions and they helped us to get to this place the magi are friends of science but they're ultimately friends of truth and they're humble enough unlike me to ask for directions. They come to Jerusalem uh, because that's where you'd go to find a king. But they need the word of God, they need the scriptures in order to get to the exact place. Finally, the Magi are friends of authenticity. After learning where the king is meant to be born, Harold cords the Magi and sends them on their way asking them to report back to him. He doesn't send soldiers because that would tip the people of Bethlehem off. He doesn't even seem to believe the prophecies at this point. But the Magi are friends of the true king, not of the false king. And so they go. All this comes together to show us that true and godly friends are forged under trial. Fair-weather friends are just that people who won't travel through the hard yards with you, who won't commit to helping you, and who have a relationship with you so far as it benefits them. The Magi show us that true friendships are forged through trial. They're ready to go to the ends of the earth, into hostile places, ask for directions, and follow truth and integrity to where it can truly be found. Friends, wisdom today still seeks out Jesus. The Magi are friends of Jesus even before they meet him. Friends, let's look to surround ourselves this year with authentic friends. And let's invest our time and our energy into being true friends ourselves. True friendships are are forged through hardship and sincere searching. The next thing we see in this passage is that friends bless. Matthew 2 verse 9 says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Notice how the Magi don't give up when they find that they've got further to go. While the people of Jerusalem can't be bothered to take the six-kilometer journey to Bethlehem to see if the prophecy is coming true, These foreigners are overwhelmed when they see the star again. T.S. Eliot again captures how bedraggled Jesus' home in Bethlehem would have been. He says, in in perfect English um, understatement, he says, finding the place, it was, you may say, satisfactory. But Matthew tells us that when the Magi get to the house where they find the toddler Jesus, They do what? They worship. Often we focus on the gifts. They don't first give him gifts. Instead, they bow down and worship the king. Now, for Matthew and for us, this is an electric statement. Notice the friends don't bow down before Herod when they see him in Jerusalem. They're too important and too smart to bow down to a fake king. But here they find a toddler in a backwater town and they bow down. Finally, they open their treasures and bless Jesus' family with gifts. Gold was a gift for a king. Frankincense was used for burning in worship. And myrrh was an essential oil used for healing and also for embalming dead bodies. Jesus is saviour, high priest, and king. And these gifts are prophetic and fitting. These foreigners, who might not even be able to speak Mary's language, let alone get to know young Jesus, are friends who bless. Many think that these expensive gifts might have been used by Joseph and Mary to, um, to To pay for their travel out of Bethlehem and to Egypt so that they could escape Herod they blessed Jesus with gifts but they also blessed Jesus with their worship and with their presence friends as we begin the New Year let's not forget how much God has blessed us with the people in our lives so often we set New Year's resolutions Um, And that's okay. We set resolutions to get fit, to sleep more, to succeed uh, personally and professionally. But do we also resolve to spend time with our friends and family? Why not set a resolution right now to call up a friend or a family member on a regular basis, send them a text, and grow in your relationship with them? On Thursday, I got a phone call from someone in Toowoomba asking if I knew a man named John Redman. John and I had become friends in Toowoomba, and he encouraged me through a particularly hard time as I was starting out in ministry. He came to church one morning, and he could just see that something wasn't right um, in my soul. And and so not really knowing me, he arranged to to meet up for coffee and and just offered to listen and, and talk through things with me. And after that, he'd call every couple of weeks. And I spoke with him last Thursday to share a Christmas joke and a prayer. The man on the other end of the phone shared that John had died on Monday night. John blessed me with his friendship, just by being there, and was a much better friend to me than I was to him. Friends bless. It's amazing how as their magi end their quest, they return and nothing seems to change. But yet everything has changed. You see it in that final stanza of T.S. Eliot's poem, how they reflect on birth and also death, how they go back to their old places, their old kingdoms, glorious kingdoms, but they can't actually identify with the people clutching to their gods, to their idols. They've met the one true God and they've been changed completely. They've worshipped the king, they've given him their gifts, and they've found a friend in Jesus, whether they know it or not. History shows us that after his resurrection and ascension, the church spread rapidly to the east it took 300 years to reach many of our ancestors in Britain. But the gospel made it to India in 30 years, and it exploded east before it went west. Still today in Iraq, the land where the Magi probably came from, Christians hold on to their faith despite intense persecution. The fastest growing church in the world today is in Iran another possible homeland of the original Magi. Um, Research over the last couple of years from the Netherlands shows us that through COVID lockdowns, people throughout Iran have been tuning in to online church services and turning from Islam to Christianity. There were about 100,000 Christians in Iran 10 years ago, and today there are over 1 million. True Hearts from the east, are still finding friendship in Jesus. Friends, friendship with Jesus is the best thing in the world. When we come to Jesus, give him our worship, give him our all, we always leave blessed. The Magi gave Jesus and his family just enough time and enough money to escape Herod. And Jesus grew from a boy into a man and taught his disciples true friendship. In John fifteen fifteen, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. And when we commit to forging a friendship with Jesus, the blessings that he lavishes on us are greater than the purest gold, the finest frankincense, and the thickest myrrh. Can we go to the next slide, Tom? Thank you. The word epiphany means to shine through. An epiphany is a joyful moment where the light of understanding shines through to your deepest soul and something clicks. The story of the Magi shows us how their friendship, forged under trial and search for truth, leads them to friendship with Jesus and they go away blessed. Let's pray for God to give us an epiphany this year to give us a fresh revelation of his goodness and love, to show us what's worth living for and searching for in life. Let's commit to forging better relationships with Jesus and with the people around us this year. Let's let the light of Christ shine into our souls and shine out from us into the darkness around us so others may experience friendship with Jesus and receive his blessings too. Let's pray. Loving Lord God, we thank and praise you for your word to us. It is a light to our feet and a light to our path. And Lord, we just pray for a fresh revelation this year of your goodness and love. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord and your scripture points us to our saviour and so lord this year as we begin 2022 we commit to you in friendship and love and thank you for your manifold blessings both in the here and now and forevermore amen